Before we get into this week's podcast, I've got some exciting news to share with you. We recently shared how you can get your hands on the Comrades Marathon pacing bands. You could order yours up front, pre-order, and then pick them up printed at the Coach Parry stand at the Comrades Marathon Expo in Durban. Since we let you know that, we have got hundreds of emails asking us exactly how to predict what your Comrades Marathon finish time uh, might be. The good news is we've created a calculator that'll tell you exactly how to do that, okay? All you need to do is head over to coachbarry.com forward slash time. The link is also in the description of this podcast. You can click on that. It'll take you straight through to the page. Plug in your best marathon time over the last 12 months, and it'll tell you exactly what your predicted Comrades Marathon finish time is for the app run this year, but also for the slightly shortened route as well. So we've done all the calculations for you. All you need to do is plug your marathon time in, and it'll tell you exactly what you can expect to run at the Comrades Marathon. All you need to do, head over to coachparry.com forward slash time, and you can also pre-order your pace band for that exact finish time uh, on that same page. So coachparry.com forward slash time. Especially if you've got dentures, the last thing you want to be doing at 70 kilometers into Comrades is looking for your false teeth. Welcome on to the next edition of Up. My name is Brad Nadalt. I've got the coach, Lindsay Parry, with us uh, once again today. And the feedback for this podcast and video series has been amazing. We're going to be with you every single week in the build-up to uh, the Comrades Marathon this year. Really enjoying the feedback. The Cape Town runners are still not loving me, Lindsay. But the good news is uh, I did manage to get a couple of runs in this week. And there were one or two who greeted me back, but the vast majority are still ignoring me. So... Uh, Please don't ignore me or other runners if you're in Cape Town. If somebody greets you, uh, just greet back. Even if they don't greet you, greet first. Imagine that. That would be amazing. Uh, so I know Cape Town runners are hating, hating me right now, but please, come on. It's the most beautiful city in the world. Let's make it quite friendly as well. That would be, that would be cool. Lindsay, uh, we are sort of heading towards the end of Feb now, and Comrades training is well underway, but we're still not in the peak training, so we, we're not doing stupid amounts of mileage. In today's video, we're going to be talking about what we should be doing and exact numbers. We're going to be talking those. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about sort of practicing our nutrition and getting that right for race day, because uh, lots of great opportunities for dress rehearsals, if you'd like, and we're going to be covering that in today's podcast as well. Before we get into the nitty-gritties, how are, how are you doing? Uh, I know you've been battling with a bit of a dodgy hamstring uh, for a few months now, but that seems to be sorting itself out. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really my adductor and hip flexor. It's um, funny how ev everybody defaults or, or or calls it hamstring. Um, no, so everything is good. Strength training has made a, an absolute uh, massive um, world of difference. And yeah, I also stumbled uh, across... Um, some stem cell patches i know that sounds it, it sounds a bit uh, strange but um yeah they've worked really well um and i'm having absolutely no issues i'm really enjoying my running um i wonder if it also doesn't have something to do with the fact that i'm not trying to run at 80 kilos so i'm i'm officially through the 76s and into the 75s um so yeah, running is going really well. Thanks for asking. It's amazing what a difference carrying less weight. I'm also on a bit of a burn at the moment, losing a little bit of weight, and it's just amazing what a difference that makes. So we're not saying starve yourself, and we'll talk a little bit about the nutrition later on, but man, if you are carrying a few extra pounds or kilograms, getting rid of them makes such a big difference. Lindsay, let's talk a little bit about mileage. Uh, there's so much talk around and people getting freaked out early on. It's going to get worse. Hold on. Hold on to your seats because it is going to get worse before Comrades comes. But let, let's talk about numbers. What what should we be looking at 
right now. Let's talk practical, practical training numbers. Yeah, I looked ton, tons of questions after last week, you know, when I broke down the how many kilometers are we targeting for the dif different metals. So just like super fast summary, we're looking at like 850 to 900 for for finishing around a thousand ish, just under a thousand, just over a thousand for bronze between one and one one um, for Robert Machali, one three plus um, for Bill Rowan, and then one eight to 2300 for uh, silver. So th those are kind of your overall numbers. And then, but what does that look like? What are we kind of working towards? Um, and we are just about heading into March. So it's it's a good time to let you understand where we're going and, and what we're aiming to get to and look for your finishes you you pretty much going to keep cruising along as you're cruising on remember last week i did this did the sums for you and if you did 50ks a week from the first of january through to race day you're going to hit a thousand k so so that's a lot so you know for your your um finishes that that's kind of going to be your your groove is going to be in the the 50s mid 50s maybe and then you're going to have a couple of weeks where you do a marathon as a training run we do an ultra as a training run so you're going to hit a, a week here and there that you are 70 80 kilometers for the week um, but by and large your consistent number that you're going to be hitting week in week out you're looking at like mid to mid mid 50s to 60s at at most and then moving into your finishes you're looking um at creeping into the 70 not your finishes your your sorry your bronze your sub 11s um, so I wasn't trying to be a, a, a snob there. I think that uh, sub-12 comrades is absolutely perfectly acceptable. Um, and yeah, so sub-11, sub, sub you're looking at around the 60 to 65 kilometer mark, maybe sneaking into the 70s. And then same, you're going to have these big weeks. You're going to have some weeks that are probably in the 80s um, when you've done a marathon or, or an ultra as part of your kind of training buildup. Moving into the Robert Machalis, you're going to probably be hitting 70s quite consistently. Um, and then with the odd 90, um, scratching into 90s, your Bill Rowans, you're probably going to be hitting 80s very consistently, hitting a couple of 90s and then a few bigger ones of, of maybe even 100. You might scratch a, a few hundreds when when you're doing your, your long weekends and um, marathons, etc. And then your, your silver guys are going to be, yeah, it depends on on a couple of things but literally anywhere between like 90 to 140 k's as your kind of stock standard weeks and then getting into the one even getting into the 160s in in some instances although that's starting to get really really far yeah lindsay now's not the time to be panicking either i think a lot even if you are slightly behind those numbers don't feel like you have to catch up i think uh, that's important too no, that's what we're working towards. So that's, yeah, Brad, that's that's really good to point out. That's what we're working towards in April. So we're going to move from where we are now in February, where we've been holding you back. We're going to move and into March and build up week on week. And that's those are the numbers we're looking at hitting in, in April in our, in our peak weeks of training. There's a few marathons uh, sort of on the very near horizon too, Linz. So, I mean, should people be be tapering into a marathon? Should they just keep training as per normal and then using it as a, a normal long run? Maybe maybe they're trying to uh, sort of qualify and they need to make sure that the seating is okay. What's what's the best way to attack a marathon right now? Yeah, so so this is it. I mean, we, we spoke uh, around that in our first podcast. We, we, we spoke about 
qualifying and when to qualify. And in terms of seeding, pretty much, I'd say this last week of February, first week of March, that, that's your literal last chance for if you're going to try and improve your seeding or if you're going to qualify with your best or, or a good effort in a marathon. After this, all your marathons are going to kind of double up as training slash qualifying if you still need to qualify. Of course, there are some people at 449 to qualify for comrades. That's going to take everything you've got. Um, and so you will have to recover after that effort so that you don't get injured. But for the rest of us, once 3 March comes and goes, we're going to try and qualify with as little effort as possible. So, yeah, uh, if you're going into marathon now, I would say yes. If it's your first one, you're qualifying, or if you want to chase a, a seeding, taking into account. And if you didn't, if, if this is your first time you're joining us, go back, listen to the first podcast, really understand why it's important that you don't chase seeding after this. Um, but yes, then you would, you, you, you would taper so that you can be fresh from the marathon. You'd give a good account of yourself in the marathon. And then you would take a week to recover from that marathon. And then you'll start building up to these kilometers that we're talking about. You won't throw yourself straight into them. You need to take two to three weeks at least to get up to those numbers. Okay, I think that lends itself really nicely to to talk about what I think is really important, particularly this time of the year, and that's nutrition. Uh, I think in, in the old days, it's probably the same with your dad, Lindsay. I remember my dad, when, when you ran Comrades, his nutrition strategy, I kid you not, he used to take a, a slab of Cadbury's chocolate and put it in one of those Ziploc bank bags that you used to get the coins in at the bank, and he'd put that into like the, the front of his number, and that would then melt as he ran, and then he would open it up and suck a little bit of chocolate out, and that was pretty much it. That Coke and water along the route, and you're good to go. But things have obviously changed a lot since, since then, and now's a great opportunity to start planning and trying things out. Let, let's talk specifically nutrition. What's the best way to go about it this time in your comrades' training? Yeah, I mean, my dad was running comrades even before your dad, Brad, and so it was a bucket of water and a sponge. Yeah, and, and, uh, and your dad was also stick. faster than my dad, so that's also this is like and, a, and, your dad's better than my dad story. And and the sec the second is had to keep up and splash him with water and sponge him down, but it was Coke, Coke, Coke of Nix. Um, and then when when I was old enough to kind of understand a little bit what's going on, and seconding of that nature wasn't allowed on the route anymore. Then it was these good old corn syrup gels. Like back then, it was the Leppin Iron Man ones, and they had a few other brands, but really not much to choose from. I think there were two two brands to choose from. It was corn syrup, um, and that's that's it. That's what they use. So you're right, Brad. Now there are so many options. You literally there are ten to fifteen different options in terms of brands, and then within brands, you've got different products. Some for endurance, some for higher intensity, some are gels, some are loaded with, with caffeine, some have got special electrolytes for for the longer distances, um, some are energy drinks, some are thick sticky gels, some are gooey, some are of of are nice like runny. Um, so you've got to really get out there and start practicing with what you use. Um so that come race day, you're comfortable, you know it doesn't make you sick, you know the texture doesn't make you you feel horrible, it's not hard to get down. Um, and those are the things we need to start working with now. One of the nice things about Comrades is that your very easy running speed for your long runs and your Comrades 
are, are close enough that you can really practice your nutrition. So if you're training for a marathon, for example, your easy runs are always way easier than your actual race pace. So you, you use something, it works, you like the taste of it, it's easy to get down, and then suddenly you're running a marathon, you can barely get enough oxygen in, and now you're trying to swallow a thick gel, chewing it at the same time, washing it down with water. By the, end you, by the time you get to the end of the, the water um, station, as we call them in South Africa, you're like, oh my goodness, I, I'm, I, I can't breathe. Um, so, but with, with comrades, it's, it's fantastic because it's very similar intensity. So you can literally make sure you are super comfortable with what you use. And, and really very few things are, are off limits. Like you can have solid food, so you can try little bite-sized sandwiches. You can make yourself like a, a ham and cheese roll, like I like to do and cut that into quarters so that you're just having small bites. You can go and buy baby potatoes or, or new potatoes and, and slice them up lightly salt them and you can have people giving those to you along the way bananas work gels work energy drinks work um potato like chips crisps as they as they call them in the northern hemisphere like a bag of chips salted lightly salted chips those will work um nut butters or or, or nuts and dates work well some people uh, fancy raisins so like literally you've got so many options around your race day stuff and you need to work at it and take in and I, I, I'll, I'll give you a little equation you can use to work out how to do this but really small amounts often and variety practically what does variety mean because some of you listening are not going to have people on the side of the road you're not going to be able to leave stuff to pick up You've got to carry everything you, you, you need to carry. So there has to be some practical element to it. And then there's, there's also then out within those limitations for you as an individual, what do I take? And it's, it's variety for me is, is so important. You're going to be out there for hours. Like, you know, if, if you're running under eight hours for comrades, that's seven gels. You could probably stomach seven gels. But if you're doing 10 hours, that's nine, 10 gels. You're gonna that's probably gonna you're gonna get tired of that. If you're doing 12 hours, 10, 11 gels, yeah. I think by then, even if you weren't running, if you were playing uh PlayStation, you you you'd you'd start to get sick taking a gel every half an hour. So variety, try them out, different flavors, textures, make sure you know what is good for you. Um, and your real thumb suck guide for how how much, what do you need to take? Are we talking around about 50? Sorry, we're talking around about one gram of carbohydrates per kg of, of body mass. So what that tells you is that the bigger you are, the more you're going to take, and that turns into a lot. I mean, if you weigh 90 kilos, now I'm telling you, you must have 90 grams of carbs in an hour. I mean, try that. I mean, that that's that's very difficult. So if we take into account that you've got at the comrades intensity, you've probably got about two, two and a half hours of carbohydrates stored. So let's call it, if you're 90 kg male, let's call it 200 grams of, of stored um, carbohydrates. So we can like literally take that off the top and spread that out across how many hours you're going to run. So let's say it's 200 grams and you're planning on running 10 hours. That means that that's, that's, 20 so now instead of taking 90 grams we're down to to 70 grams which is is far better 
Um, but yeah, as long as we're getting it small amounts often, I would say like between 50 and 60 grams, even for a 75 kg male or a 90, sorry, a 90 kg male will probably suffice, but you've just got to take it consistently, small amounts, take a large variety um, so that you don't run out of, out of energy. And what I wanted to say to round off that point is that it's trainable. So right now, if you're 90 kg or plus male and you're thinking, how am I going to do 50 to 55 grams of carbohydrates every hour? That's so much. You can train it. That's the that's the beauty of your of your your GR tract. You can train it, you can work on it, you can get better at it, you can take more, you can increase your variety. Um, but get cracking and, and doing it now so that you don't get to race day and on your sixth gel you're starting to vomit but now you don't know what else to take because it's nothing new on race day and i haven't practiced with anything else yeah Lindsay, it's also important i mean you're talking about the gels versus solid but it's also some some foods settle better in people's sort of guts than others so so uh, you've got to find what works for you and and everyone's just so different so it like you're not going to have lots of opportunities to do long runs where you're doing this. So the reason we're talking about this in February is because it's so important to do it now. Yeah. Yes, precisely. And so, sorry, I didn't emphasize that enough, but on your long training runs, you're going to try different things and find out what it is that you like. And then you're going to take them into a semi race situation, which is going to be your marathons and your, your, your ultra and and Brad, you're right. You've you've effectively got three of those opportunities in the build-up. So the first one is quite important. You want a really wide variety so you can figure out how you respond to different things. The second one you you refine it, and the third one is finalizing because after that, that is your strategy for race day. Yeah, and. It's not like you're racing a 10k and you can do that every third week and see how this gel reacts. Like, it's now. Like, it is. It is crucial that you do it now. Lindsay, I just wanted to mention too that you talk specifics and how many grams and that sort of thing. But for for the layperson, it's quite difficult figuring all of this stuff out. And the good news is on the Coach Perry training platform, and our, our clients would know this as well. In the forums, you get access to Nikki, who's our in-house sort of dietitian nutritionist. Uh, she is phenomenal. She lectures uh, sports nutrition at the University of Pretoria. So if you do need any help with this sort of stuff, Nikki is your go-to. Just pop into the forum, ask questions. If you're not a member of the Coach Perry Training Club, uh, I really suggest you check out the, the Coach Perry Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap because you get access to that, and that resource on its own is probably worth what you're paying for for the, the Coach Perry Training Club. So definitely go check that out. I'll pop that link in the comments and the description as well. You can click through to that. Lindsay, I probably should have asked this question before I asked how much we should be taking because there are a lot of people who don't do this at all. They think that they're going to run comrades without taking any nutrition, that they'll just drink coke and water along the route, which is, it's a strategy, but it's probably not the best strategy. Uh, I mean, if you sit at home and do nothing for 12 hours and not eat anything, you're going to struggle, you're going to be hungry, add running up some of the biggest hills you'll ever find. Uh, you have to, you have to have a, a nutrition strategy in place, don't you? Yeah, you do have to have a strategy in place and loads of people. I mean, I've gone on, I spoke for 10 minutes about how you, you must try and experiment. But the reality is that I, I know people who try and experiment and like nothing works. They don't like anything that makes them feel sick. Uh, and so for those people in particular, my strategy 
is for four hours, do it perfectly. And if you do that, then what you do is you actually buy yourself a window where you can go for a, a good while with very little, having a bit of water here and a very odd thing here, but you can probably go two, three hours like that. And then often we almost get like hungry. And then that will be your sign that, okay, now I'm ready for it again, rather than going like five, six, seven hours, and then you feel awful and nauseous and sick, and you don't know where to look, and you can't take in anything more. So that's why my strategy always is like first four hours, get it perfect, do everything, do it by the book, um, take your gel every 45 minutes, have a Coke at every second water station. Actually, I don't have Coke. I'll have Thirsty at every second water station. And then I'll have Coke in the second half of the race. But after I've given myself that window, and then, of course, with comrades themselves, there is also loads of variety at the water points. So also practice what's at the water points. Um, you know, you've got jelly babies and, and chocolates and sweets and potatoes and little sandwiches and Thirsty and coke and in the second half they've got different flavors um available and and hopefully they'll still have cream soda because that was always my favorite thing with 20 k's to go at comrades is, is to have a cream soda but but again that's the point it's like you you can't race on nothing i mean yeah we we there are people that will be fat adapted and they can have very little but even if you're fat adapted you've got to be taking in some stuff even if it's your own special stuff. Uh, but yeah, absolutely cannot go for 12 hours and have nothing. I mean, you wouldn't do that in a normal day. Hopefully you wouldn't do that in a normal day, but you don't want to be doing that on comrades race day. Lindsay, I want to talk about hydration because, I mean, we talk in nutrition, it, it forms part of that as well, and getting a hydration strategy in place. And it's difficult because <laughs> Comrades is a, is a strange race. I mean, they, they have, I think the number is 40-odd uh, refreshment tables at Comrades. I mean, they towards the end of the race, they, they're so close together, you can almost see the next one from the last one. That's how, how close they are. And if you are drinking, let's say, for instance, you're running Peninsula Marathon that's coming up, and the, the water tables or refreshment stations are three kilometers apart. So it's for an average runner, if you're running six minutes, case 18 minutes, maybe a little bit slower, maybe it's 20 minutes apart where you get into a water table and you're drinking at every single water table, getting into that habit. But at Comrades, you might get to a water table quicker. So let's talk about hydration strategy. How much should we be drinking? Uh, and is it worthwhile doing it by the clock or is it by thirst? What, what do you advise? Just a quick break from the podcast for a second to let you know and remind you that you need to pick up your Comrades Marathon Pace Band for Comrades 2024 right now. CoachParry.com forward slash pace. You can also click on the link in the description to this podcast right now. Don't leave anything to chance. Make sure you plan the perfect race come race day. Head over to CoachParry.com forward slash pace right now to get your custom Coach Parry pacing band for race day to make sure you run the race that is best suited for where you are and your training right now. That's CoachParry.com forward slash pace. You can click on the link in the description right now. And don't forget, uh, you don't want to pick up just one. Don't just take your plan A. Make sure you've got a plan B and plan C as well. That's coachparry.com forward slash pace. Running the Comrades Marathon doesn't have to be scary and intimidating. Just thinking about running 90 kilometers or 56 miles should give you butterflies in your stomach. 
Add to that the hills you have to run up and down, and having to do it in under 12 hours. The thought of it is enough to freak the most seasoned runner out. Never mind a newbie to ultra running or a Comrades Marathon novice. As much as Comrades is a physical challenge, it's just as much a mental challenge. The constant mental gymnastics of second-guessing yourself takes its toll. Am I training enough? How long should my long runs be? How many marathons should I run? What does this pain in my knee mean? My ankle is sore, should I rest or run? And then the two big ones. Am I fast enough? And will I finish? The questions never stop. The constant worrying is exhausting. And that's exactly why we've created the Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap. It's a proven step-by-step training plan to get you from where you are today to having a Comrades medal around your neck without the stress and worry. Knowing that you've done what it takes to finish the ultimate human race, feeling strong and in control. Ensuring that you arrive at the start line fit and most importantly injury-free because more than 64% of those who didn't finish the race last year started with an injury. The Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap guides you through every step of your Comrades journey. Training, qualifying, tapering and race day. We've got you covered every step of the way. Simply head over to coachparry.com forward slash up to get access to it now or simply click on the link in the description. That's coachparry.com forward slash up. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, so Brad, this is a very important question because it also poses probably the single biggest health risk to the average runner. Um, yeah, so getting getting your water intake wrong and and taking painkillers or in particular anti-inflammatories, those are those two are your absolute biggest risks as a runner out on the road. And your bigger risk is having too much. So having too little is actually a far lower risk to you as an individual than than having too much. And so again, some of it is understanding your body and practicing it and having your routine that works for you. And the other part of it is being open to adjustments, like changing according to weather conditions um, so that you don't drink let's say on like a ridiculously hot, humid day, you would drink more because you'd be more thirsty. But on a really cool, cloudy, overcast day, you'd drink less. Um, And that's important that you drink less because you will be less thirsty, you will sweat less, or you'll lose less water, so your um, central blood volume won't have lost as much. But if you carry on, if you're very regimented and go, I must take 450 milliliters of water per hour, and you do that for the next eight hours, you can actually like dilute your fluids in your body. So our body works on shifting things from high concentration to low concentration. One of the most common is a sodium pump and it also uses a calcium pump to move things around from one place to another place in the body. And if you drink tons and are sweating a lot and sweating out electrolytes and you just keep drinking, keep drinking, you dilute that, you can dilute the system get massive um, swelling on the brain, extreme complications from hyponatremia. Um, So, yeah, just be aware that you can have too much water. I think that's the important thing. And you're probably on the safe end of the spectrum if you are drinking between two and 300 mils per hour. So in Brad's example, water point every 20 minutes or so, about every three Ks, so you'd be getting to three three water points in an hour, and so 
if you're in South Africa again and you have a sachet, you, that's between 100 and 250 mils. So if you had the full sachet, you probably only want to be having water two of the stops. If you're having two thirds and using the rest to keep yourself cool, then you probably want to do all three stops, but then you're going to, and you're keeping it then at um, under 300 mils per hour. And then you can adjust that to thirst. On a very hot, humid day, you're going to get thirsty. And then you can up, increase that uptake slightly. On a cool, overcast day with a bit of rain, bit of wind, um, then you're probably going to drop that down even further. Um, and it might even become 150, 200 mils max per hour. Uh, and again, you can figure these things out when you're training. Um, so, yeah, have a look. See how much you sweat, see how much salty stuff you sweat, see how thirsty you get while you're exercising and adjust everything according to these little experiments that you're doing on yourself. Yeah, I, th I think we need to talk about the sachets, Lindsay, uh, particularly for our international runners. Uh, comrades, you're not going to be getting water in cups like you you would at international races uh, or bottles. They, they come in... Uh, there's no better way to describe it than it's almost like a condom filled with water. Uh, that's probably little plastic sachet if you'd like uh and i've seen people trying to figure out how to open them so Lindsay, i'm going to ask you to explain the the correct technique for opening a sachet yeah so i look i'm sure there's better ways but you don't just want to bite and pull because uh, that can damage your teeth so i actually use these sharp little incisors you just build up a little bit of pressure by holding that um sachet and squeezing a little bit and then you use your your um, canines just to gently bite down on either side of one of the corners and then the water squirts straight into your mouth so that's the way that i do it i've seen people fart and grab and pull but i, I don't think that's um conducive to looking after your teeth Especially if you've got dentures, the last thing you want to be doing at 70 kilometers into comrades is looking for your false teeth. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Uh, Lindsay, and then uh, we, we often get this, oh, well, I don't know if you get it, but uh, people ask me about you, which is quite weird. They want to know what your sort of nutrition, like what sort of stuff do you like using, uh, particularly at a race like comrades, what, what's your go-to? So I am very um, simple in that pretty much everything works for me. I like most things and i've used a lot of things over the years so there are things that i've liked in the past that i don't like anymore just because i've used them so much so to answer your question directly right now i use um morton gels and and caffeine gels and then i for for races longer than a marathon i go and buy a those from the super supermarket, you get those rolls with a nice crusty cheese on top, um, tiny bit of butter, mayonnaise, and ham. And then I cut those into four squares. And if I'm going to see people on the route, then I will get those. Otherwise, potatoes, bananas, and sweets. Um, that's my go-to. And my the, the water strategy that I described is is literally my water strategy. So that's exactly how I how I do it. Um, but that is how I go, and yeah, and I'll have a. Each race is slightly different. It depends on the profile. Depends how long it is. So in terms of exactly when I deploy, but in in a marathon, for example, I will have a Morton gel every eight k's, 
Um, so 816 and then at 24, I will take 200 milligrams of milligrams of caffeine um, to give me a proper shot in the arm and carry me through the rest of the marathon. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, for anybody who's interested, I hate gels. I, I use them just because they just, they're easy than anything, but I much prefer solid food on, on runs. I've, I've run comrades where I've actually carried gels. Like literally I've got gels that have done comrades, but they're still sitting in my cupboard because I just never use them. Uh, so yeah, I much prefer solid stuff like Lindsay. I like a ham and cheese sami. I'm also not opposed to a really nice piece of banana bread. Uh, I can smash banana bread till the cows come home. So, uh, yeah, that's the sort of stuff that I love to. Also, baby potato is really, really good as well. We'd love to know what you use. Pop that into the comments below this video. Uh, let us know what your nutrition strategy is. I think that's pretty cool. And while you're at it, don't forget the gentleman's agreement that we spoke about last week, okay? Uh, if you listen to this podcast, Lindsay and I put these things out. They're absolutely free for you to listen to. Uh, and we're going to make sure that you get your comrades medal. But in return, you need to make sure that you hit like or subscribe uh, and share it with your running mates. So if you're in a running club or if you're in a WhatsApp group, please do share them. Uh, it really does help us get in front of more runners and helps us help more comrades runners get their medals. So uh, please do do that. Lindsay, as always, really great to catch up. Thanks for joining us once again today and for your time. We look forward to catching up again next week. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about recovery and making sure you, you freshen up mentally at stages uh, throughout your build up to comrades. So uh, until then, from myself, Brad Nadelt, and the coach, Lindsay Perry, it's cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Up. Don't forget to pick up your custom Comrades Marathon 2024 pace band right now. Uh, we'll print them out and make sure we've got them waiting for you at the expo in Durban in the build-up to Comrades. So head over to coachparry.com forward slash pace or click on the link in the description right now.